Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Toddcast, The Teacher Podcast, an informative podcast that explores a variety of teaching and educational experiences while still offering insights into improving and upskilling teachers. Join your host, Todd Broadbent, as he explores the wide and varied lives of educators from every sector, exploring fundamental concepts that are pivotal to good teaching, while also discussing the lighter side of the educational sector. Welcome to the Toddcast, the teacher podcast. For the 52nd episode of the Toddcast, the teacher podcast, I had the amazing privilege of interviewing my grade six PE teacher and friend, Carmel Hamilton. I was lucky enough to be taught by Carmel, and she has been a very special teacher who inspired me to love learning and education and become a PE teacher. Carmel's greatest strength was building positive relationships with every student she taught. To say Carmel is one of my favourite teachers is an understatement. Carmel has been in education for over 40 years in various schools teaching physical education in both the primary and secondary setting. Throughout this episode, Carmel shares her educational journey, the reasons why she decided to become a teacher, the greatest challenge and proudest moment as a teacher, where her passion for PE teaching came from, teaching tips and strategies when teaching PE, the best way to structure a PE lesson, how to organise and structure your term and yearly PE program, how students' physical abilities have changed over the years, how to build positive relationships with students, how to improve your PE teaching and so much more. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, Carmel. Welcome to the Toddcast, the Teacher Podcast. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Todd. Thank you for inviting me over this afternoon. Yeah, it's fantastic (laughs) to have you on. I've been wanting to get you on for such a long time, so it's exciting to actually have you on. One of my grade six teachers for (laughs) PE and one of my absolute favourite teachers and a huge mentor for me when I've gone into my teaching career so it's amazing to actually have you on to the podcast it's a bit of a a bit of a fan moment I guess for me Todd that's very nice thank you very much so no (laughs) one loves the phys ed teacher you know that yes very true but no I absolutely loved having you as my teacher so I'm really looking forward to having a chat today oh cool yeah have you had a highlight of the day today Today, not not so much. I started at seven this morning. So I have a class from seven to eight and we do uh, just different exercises to aid the kids before school starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the rest of it, no, I haven't done huge amounts today, but that's okay. One day in the week like that's pretty good. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> and starting at seven o'clock, uh, credit to you for doing that. Well done. Yeah. No. And then going back to when you're a student, what were you like? Oh, I was pretty cool. I was pretty good. Yep. Love that. <laughs> I was one of those kids that, you know, you've got to get your work done and it's got to be right and it's got to be 100%. So I yep. do it over and over till I got the silly stuff right. Yeah. Yep. So I was one of those sort of kids. Yeah. But I was also one of those ones that, you know, I could get through my work pretty quickly and then the teacher would would get me to help other kids mm-hmm. do stuff. So I was always walking around the classroom, oh, showing them how to do maths problems, something here, something there. So it was pretty much... That type of student is what it was. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say pretty much born to be a teacher there, just doing it yeah, but when I, you're at school. I didn't, I didn't want to be a teacher. <laughs> yeah. I just ended up being yeah. a teacher. Yeah. Love that. And we'll talk a little bit about yeah. that coming up. So, and yeah. did you have a favourite moment from school? Look, I don't really have a favourite moment as such because it was so long ago that I was at school. But I think I had lots of moments. And I, when I think back, it's nearly always sporting moments that really come back to me. When I first moved to Rochester, I moved there in year three I was eight and you know I went to the athletics carnival over in Kyabram 
and they had skipping races and running races and I just won everything and I'm like what's going on here (laughs) this was great so it's things like that that I think when I look back that's what I really you know think about yeah no I love that I'm very much the same all those sporting moments along the way with school they're always those highlights and when you do it with other people as well we have those great memories as well netball tournaments and Mm. all of that sort of thing that I can really you know pick bits and pieces out of and it's pretty much mainly sports yeah (laughs) No, love it. Yeah. And then, Carmel, can you now tell me about yourself, your teaching journey, and now what you're currently doing? Well, I'll start with the end bit. Mm-hmm. I'm working at Girton. I teach in the junior school and the senior school, and I've pretty much always done that. This is my 22nd year at Girton Grammar School, yep. which is a bit sad. <laughs> I've been there for that long. Can I tell you that I did not envisage that I would still be teaching PE at this stage of my life? But I don't want to teach anything else. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I still am. Not long to go. Yeah. <laughs> but loving it. But let me think. I went to uni, Teachers College, at Ruston State College, which was in Clayton, next to Monash. Mm-hmm. So I did my four years there. And then I taught at the Academy of Mary Immaculate in Fitzroy. Mm-hmm. So there, I was there for a year. Yep. And that was pretty cool in a different sort of way because I was in a city And I hadn't sort of lived like that before. So that was pretty fascinating. But at the end of that year, I just thought I have gone to school. I've gone to teachers colleges and I'm straight out teaching and I really don't know anything about life. So I resigned and then I just went off and just did little odd jobs. I did car van detailing at Mm -hmm. a place in Brighton. Yes. So I was there for about a year driving the vans around, (laughs) running out of petrol, not being able to get the right gears and all of that sort of thing, changing tires and And so that gave me another, you know, look at a different sort of life that other people experience, having to get up, go to work five days a week, basically a few holidays, rah, rah, rah. So then I ended up going to um, getting a job out at Mount Waverley at a place called Avila College. So I was out there uh, for four or five years and loved it. I ended up running the PE department out there because I had fantastic people around me. Mm -hmm. So that made it really Really worthwhile and, a, and and just a terrific place to be. So where did I go then? Then I went up to Albury Wodonga. So I was up in Albury Wodonga for a short period of time. My husband, I'd married by then. So my husband had got a job up there with Telecom. It was called Telecom then, not Telstra. Yep. So we went up there and I taught at Wodonga High School, um, Albury North High School, and then I had a job at the Catholic College there for as well. But I got major big stints at Wodonga High School. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we decided, oh, no, this is not what we're after. So then I came across to Bendigo. Yep. And I got a job at Girton College. Yeah. Yep. Um, and I was there for four or five years. And then we left. And by this time, did I have one child? Oh, yes, I had one child. <laughs> <laughs> the sequence of having children is um, pretty difficult. And then we left and went across to, uh, did we go to, no, we didn't go to South Australia first. We went over to the eastern side of Victoria, mm-hmm. ended up at Morwell, Terrelgan. Yeah. So I had a couple more kids there and then we ended up over in Barossa Valley beautiful. In, in beautiful South Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where we wine tasted every weekend. Yeah, I was going to say fantastic. <laughs> Sounds good so far. <laughs> and lots of visitors. Yeah. I drank a lot of red wine. Yeah. Yeah. Can't drink the same red wine now. I probably drank too much. <laughs> I had a child while I was over there. Another child <laughs> while I was over there, Connor, and then came back to Wangaratta. Uh, where Lindsay worked out at Brown Brothers Mm -hmm. at the vineyards there because he was working in the vineyards in the Barossa. And then um, 
that was just not, you know, how some things just aren't quite what you want them to be. Mm. So then we ended up coming back to Bendigo and I ended up getting a job back with Girton Grammar School now instead of Girton College. Yeah. So over a number of years, that's the journey. Yeah. That was the journey. Yeah. yeah. So I've taught girls' schools, co-ed schools, Catholic schools, and independent schools. Yeah. Yeah. So I've covered a lot. Yeah. No, love it. I think what a great range of experiences and being able to also like be interstate mm. as well and mm. teaching in various schools as well. I think amazing career, but also amazing opportunities for you to be able to experience that as well. Oh, um, South Australia were actually very interesting mm-hmm. because when the kids went to kinder there, their kinder was almost like our prep. Mm-hmm. It felt like they were doing stuff that we do here in prep and year one, and they called it reception and uh, they were amazing. Yeah, I thought okay. their education system was was fantastic. I'm talking back in the in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I haven't sort of kept up to date with where it's at now. But seriously, I thought their education system was pretty good. Yep. Like back then, they had all the wind turbines and this is mid-90s, so you're going back 25 years. Mm-hmm. So they had wind turbines and solar and everything, all at just the little local Catholic school. And that ran the power for mm-hmm. the school. Yep. And they had all their chooks and their ducks and their and their vegetation and, and everything. It was it was amazing, yeah. actually. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And then yeah. as you were talking about before, you said that you didn't really want to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. Why did you become a teacher in the end? Well, back at school, it was only what did I do, year twelve, and I wanted to do law. Mm-hmm. So that took up we had eight choices back then then for university entrance. Yep. And my first uh, six choices were taken up with law because you had to go through the process of what you put down. I put down physical education teacher as my second last preference because a friend of mine had done it the year before and she talked about it and said, oh, this is fun. And I thought, oh, well, I'll put that down. (laughs) And then I forget what I put down as number eight. But the only offer I got was for, because I didn't get enough marks to mm-hmm. do law, so the only offer I got was for physical education teaching. So I thought, oh, that'll be okay. Yep. I'll have a go at that. Yeah. And so off I toodled down to Melbourne. Yep. And played <laughs> out as it has now. Yes. When you think about it, I never actually, said, as I said earlier, I thought I would never thought I'd be here, you know, 40 years later thinking I'll still be teaching phys ed. Because yep. a lot of phys ed teachers aren't still going when they're my age. Yeah. Yeah. But I love it. Yeah. And I still think I give good value yep. to the kids. So therefore, I'm still doing it. And I don't want to go in the classroom. No, I love that. And I think every kid that's had the opportunity to be taught by you is so lucky because I know how privileged I was when I had the opportunity to be taught by you. And I just was obsessed coming to every (laughs) PE lesson and always so excited to have you. So I feel like it's every student after I finish school. I remember when I was going through uni, like, oh, I'm not too far off from finishing up. You could probably roll into my job if you want, but you're still going on 10 years in. So I think it's fantastic. And so many other... I really am nearly done. (laughs) I'm not sure I should believe that. <laughs> but I think it's fantastic that so many extra children have the opportunity to be taught by you and, and get to teach PE, which is such an important program as well. Well, you know, Viv Bath from school yep. she teaches year six. Well, she keeps saying to me every year, come on, the kids just love you. Mm. How do you, how do you do it? I go, I don't know. <laughs> we just have a bit of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And as you know, every year is different and you have different challenges that you have to undertake that Kids have to enjoy physical education. Absolutely. They have to enjoy physical education. And it's just really important because it's something that they really should be doing then for the rest of their lives. Mm. 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 You have to move your body. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And we'll have a bit more of a chat about that and how it's changed over the years Mm. as well. But did you have Mm. any teachers throughout your schooling that inspired you? Look, I had different ones. I had a nun once in year eight, Sister Rosemary Curlin. 
when I was at Rochester, Sacred Heart College there. And um, she was just one of those lovely people that you just wanted to learn almost just to please her in some ways. But, you know, she had a beautiful manner about her. And the other one that really sticks in my mind was my English teacher uh, when I was at Echuca. I was at St. Joseph's in Echuca mm -hmm. and she was my year 11 English teacher. She was also my netball coach yep. there as well. So that might have had something to do with it, maybe. Yeah. I feel like maybe just a little bit. <laughs> but, I mean, back in those days, I'm sitting in a classroom and you're all lined up, 50 kids in a class, and so you've got to be a big personality to be able to control that. Well, not one person made a murmur in her class. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was pretty spot on. But she also she had both sides, you know. She could be really strict and tough, but she had the other side to her as well. Yeah. yeah. And the year before that, I actually, I think I got a scholarship for in the year 10 scholarships. So they used to be, you know, year, whatever it was called. I can't remember what it's called now. But, but year 10 was a government scholarship that used to go about for mm -hmm. English. And that just greatly amazed me because I never had, I thought I was hopeless at English. So how could I get a scholarship for English? How ridiculous. <laughs> but hey, I did. Dad was pleased with me. Yeah. <laughs> no school fees for yeah. a little while. <laughs> Love that. So good. But no, they're, they're, probably, they're probably the ones that really stand out. Mm. And do you feel like you've modelled yourself on those as a teacher? Um, probably a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. Similar Aspects of your personality, yep. I think, you know, you pull from that. Jenny Hawker from Echuca was just straight as a die, you know, and you, you couldn't look at her and lie. Well, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't. And it would be certain things would happen and the other kids would go in and they'd have notes from their parents. But my mother wouldn't write me a note. Yeah. <laughs> you go and front up Carmel. Yep. And so, you know, accept what the punishment or the consequences or whatever. Mm -hmm. And Jenny Hawker was always very straight. So maybe I've got that sort of bit in my personality as well. Yeah. I feel like I've become straighter yep. as I've got older. Yep. Like when I'm teaching PE now, it's it's very much like, Okay, kids, over here, sit, over there, yep. move. You know, really narrowed it down mm. so there's no confusion yep. about what they meant to be doing. Mm. No. <laughs> but it is funny. Yeah, so good. <laughs> and then have you had a greatest challenge as a teacher so far? I actually don't know about a greatest challenge. I, I just feel that teaching is just full of challenges, mm. actually. Yeah. And it, and, it, and it just from year to year. You know, you get to know your class, you get to work out the kids in it. And then it, probably the greatest challenges are trying to get kids that, you know, aren't easily malleable in the class and trying to get through to them or get to know where they're coming from yeah. so that they can get some enjoyment mm -hmm. out of the class. Yeah. Like I think last year I had a year eight girl who I just could not. We do swimming at the start of every year. And I just couldn't get her in the water. And it was just constantly talking with her and getting with her. In the very last lesson, she brought her bathers and we actually got her in the water. And we just made it as easy for her as possible. Mm. But, you know, hopefully she goes on from that. I don't know. Mm. But, you know, I, I just think that the whole teaching game is just full of different challenges and they pop up every other minute of the day, most unexpectedly. I say it's always unexpected, isn't it? Oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> Yeah. And so I think you you learn how to stay calm generally mm. and try and deal with those and then try and work out the best course mm. is always what I've tried to, you know, implement. Yeah, great advice. And what about mm. a proudest moment as a teacher? Oh, there's so many yeah. years, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> there is a photo of you and I that you gave me. Remember that one? Yes, I do remember yeah. it. And we had a fun year that year, didn't yeah. we? There's another girl who I taught back in Melbourne at Avila and when she was born, she only had from the knees down, she, from the knees up, mm -hmm. 
she only had half one arm and she was technically blind. Okay. Yeah. So she used to, it took me a little while, but we got her to take off her legs one day. She had a bathers on and she stumped up into the steps at the Ashburton pool mm -hmm. and hopped in the pool. I got in with her because I was very concerned that I didn't want to lose her. Yes. Yep. <laughs> and the other kids in the class were amazing. They all hopped in and we swam the length of the pool. Love mm. it. Mm. And for the other kids to see that this kid, this, you know, they as able bodies, she was had a disabled body in that sense, could actually function mm. and, and do something that they might whinge and carry on about. Yet here she was getting out there and doing it. So that was a bit of a learning experience for the other kids in the class as well. Yeah, I was going to say that would be a great experience for the kids to see. It was, it was fantastic. It really actually brought the kids in that group together quite a lot to see that she was prepared to, you know, put herself out there on the line. Yeah. yeah, wonderful. And and even just sitting there and watching someone unhook their legs mm. and take them off, like this was back in the 80s. Yeah. Okay. And, and technology is a lot different as well. Like exactly. How they do it all. And, yeah. just, and just watching how she manoeuvred herself to get up the stairs and then into the pool. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And so I, I still, and that's a long time ago, so I still remember that moment. That was that was pretty high on my highlights. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, too many to mention well, I just think that when you talk about amazing moments for teaching, it's almost to say, like if I've got a student teacher, and I was for a while there, I was taking quite a few student teachers, and you know, you you go through stuff and you talk through stuff and you're helping them, and then, you know, as you're talking through it and you're working way through it, and then when they hit it in the class, and it's just like you nailed it, you know, it's just like gold. They're excited, I'm excited, and we both get a real thrill about something that we've discussed quite a bit, if if it's that sort of an issue, and then they get there. Yeah. And um, I, I reckon that's pretty cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. I was yeah. lucky enough to have you as well, so I was very lucky. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You've been around. I have been. <laughs> that's a while ago. That would yeah. be about 12 years ago. It would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, that was one of my funnest rounds. Uh, I was always very excited. That was one of my goals to be able to do some work with you, so it was very exciting to have Great. four weeks. You ticked that off. Yeah, ticked that one off. No, I loved it. It was great fun. So where did the passion for PE teaching come from? Well, I don't think I had it uh, when I was younger. And I and I say this to kids now when they talk about, you know, oh, we've got to make a decision as to what we want to do or we really want to do this. And I thought, well, I never actually wanted to be a phys ed teacher. Mm -hmm. It was just something that I landed in. And then I thought, oh, I'll have a go at that. And then I think most of my early stuff was, well, my first year, I just taught for a year. And then I thought, whoa, hang back a little bit. I'm not quite sure where I'm going with this. Pulled yeah. off, then got back into it. And then after that, the next few schools that I taught at, you know, I was maybe four years, five years at a school. Then I'd go to the next school and then we'd move because of what Lindsay was trying to do. And then we'd move again and then we'd move again and then we moved again. And so I think that that keeps you going. You know, I've taught it say, five or six different schools. So, therefore, it gives you a really good indication of different types of things, and that kept me interested. And then I ended up at Girton, and I just think I just think wanting to help kids learn, yep. just being interested in them. Kids want to know that you care about them. Mm. Kids want to know, and you do that by listening to them. And so, you know, it's all about, I don't know, just being interested in them yeah. and wanting the best for them. Because yep. all kids are great. Some just have a more difficult journey than others. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, And I've always been like that, had that listening ability and maybe that understanding. I mean, I come from a family of five, uh, another sister and three brothers, so I had a fairly good idea of what both yeah. sides of the of what it was like. Yeah. 
Mm. Well, I think that comes with you are such a great relationship builder. And I know all the time when I used to have you as my PE teacher, you would always listen and you would take an yeah. interest and you would always ask questions and yeah. everything like that. And I think that then built that relationship that you would then have with the students to make those, whatever conversation you needed to have, it was a positive yeah. or a negative or whatever it might have needed to be. Well, or... It start to open up to you Yeah. after a while. They're yeah. seeing you. It is frustrating only seeing them once a week. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, they you know, if you do see them that once a week, they start to open up to you. Mm. They're excited. What are we doing today? Yeah. And, and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I think if you can build a relationship in a once a week opportunity compared yeah. to, and I've been on both sides being a PE yeah. teacher and now prep, I'm yeah, very true. lucky to see them every day. A lot of the time compared yeah. to PE, it was once a week. Yeah. If you can build a relationship with them with, mm. in one lesson in a week, I think that's outstanding. That shows mm. credit to the, the mm. way you actually teach and the way you operate as well. Mm. Yeah, no, it is interesting. Mm. Mm. And then what would be some of your key teaching tips and strategies when it comes to PE <laughs> as the guru of PE? Oh, my God. I would not say I'm a guru of anything. <laughs> it's changed. Mm. It's changed because I actually am secondary trained. So, you know, all of my experience until I came to Girton in the 80s, no, sorry, this this century, not the last <laughs> century, I was all secondary. Mm. And then all of a sudden I had to go back and teach primary. And it's like, oh, that can't be that hard until I got Fritz <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like what do I do yeah. and we had a beautiful prep teacher Alison Campbell who gently directed me on preps know nothing Carmel yeah. <laughs> this is what you need to do yep. <laughs> so without her I would have been stumped <laughs> <laughs> but I just think back then it was very much more I don't know, it's much more controlled mm. and it was much more orchestrated, whereas now for me the important thing is participation. Yeah. All right. Kids have to move. We want them to enjoy their movement and then we want them to find things that they like to do and then those things that they will then continue on for the rest of their lives. All right. Yeah. Because and just moving that body all the time helps with every other aspect of their learning. Mm, absolutely. So much research has gone into that sort of stuff that, you know, it's just not funny that people still don't understand mm, that. Yeah, yeah. I won't start on my bandwagon okay. <laughs> about um, PE and movement. But, you know, it is really interesting. And I just think that, you know, the first thing to do is get them moving when they get in the class. So get them running. Like often I'll just, as soon as they get in there, right, this is what we do. And they all just start running around with whatever we're doing mm -hmm. and then five minutes sit down let's calm down go through a few little things now and then move on to you know what it is that you want to focus on that lesson yeah yeah and that can be school practices different sorts of school practices if you know the drill mm. and you still do all of that and you still need to do all of that I find probably in the last 10 years it's changed that little bit COVID didn't help mm. but you know Kids still have the same energy for it, but a lot of kids probably are not so fit as what maybe yeah. 10 years ago they were. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, have you noticed that difference in students' physical abilities? Yeah. Like during your time teaching PE from when you started to now, you have noticed that difference? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And even just trying to, you know, get the kids practiced and get ready for, say, cross-country running or something and starting small and just trying to gear them up week after week so they just can't go out there and do it. Mm. That some of them can't even run the 400 metres around an oval. Would you believe that's because of like computer games and yeah. all that kind of thing that they're not going out as much as what 
they used to because I remember being a kid myself I never yeah. really was on computer games no. at all and I was always outside yeah. climbing tree or yeah. running around or doing stuff yeah. whereas a lot of kids and I, the preps that I teach they, their favourite thing is talking about when they go home and play on their computer games or yeah. their iPad and I would agree with you yeah definitely and also I think you know both both parents are working and they're yep. tired when mm. they get home and I fully understand that yep. but a lot of the kids yeah they might be have someone else looking after them or they might go somewhere after school or they're taken some kids are taken to different things and they do lots of that and that's great but I think there's lots of different things that are the reason for that mm. yeah if they're keen and they're into it yep the skill level the fitness levels are all pretty good but you know if they're left to their own devices yeah it's it's bit noticeable yeah so you you try and do as much as what you can in preparing them yes that you actually can get enjoyment out of this and actually we did find during COVID particularly in the secondary side of things that there were quite a few kids that because they had that time in the day and we structured our lessons so that you know we sent it all out and then we'd have zoom meetings and we structured it so that they could actually go through and do a little table of what they were doing and they had all these little parameters that they could tick off and meet and some kids it did turn them around yeah but other kids it turned them around the wrong way yeah yeah (laughs) And I don't think that the kids have come back from COVID all that well mm-hmm. as a group. I think we find, and I've talked to teachers in other schools, and they're saying the same things, that uh, the kids are lacking in structure, lacking in discipline, lacking in that, you know, okay, well, you've actually got to come to school now. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so I think that's really sad. Mm. And it'll take us a little while to work that back up again. Yeah. Mm. And kids with more anxieties as well. Mm. Yeah. No. Which probably in that PE setting with the anxiety probably doesn't help in that situation, does it? No. Well, I need to know if if that's the situation. And often I'll just then try to gradually introduce the student into whatever it is that we're doing. Mm. Come on, let's let's just do this together. Or I'll give them another little job where they don't have to put their on the line. And then we gradually introduce it that way. Yeah. But the ultimate aim is to get them participating. Yeah, get them involved, having fun. Exactly. Awesome. And have you got like a best way to structure a PE lesson? Oh, pretty much. Pretty much what I just said. Yeah. Go in, have a bit of fun, run them around. Yeah. Get them puffy in that first five minutes. Yep. And then talk about, and sometimes you might say, oh, we're doing this or we're doing that. And they'll go, oh, do we have to do that? So you don't use that name. All right, you might be doing that, but you call it something else. Something else. Yeah. We did pickleball the other day, you know, and that's just a little bat tennis game. But we're playing pickleball today, kids, you know. <gasps> pickleball? What's that? So they're all excited. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing a tennis unit, so I've got tennis coming up. So I thought, well, I'll do a couple of sessions of pickleball mm-hmm. before there and get that hand-eye coordination going. And, yeah, they thought, oh, pickleball. So they're all really excited. <laughs> yeah, love it. <laughs> change the just name. change the name. Change the name. <laughs> Yeah, I do love how all the minor games and all that kind of thing, you just you change the names and everyone's got different names for them. Yeah, and they're all the same. Yeah, they're all the same. They're all the same. Or there's a slight deviation and you modify it yourself anyway. Yes. Yeah, love <laughs> oh, that. And then they start telling you this is kids coming in. Oh, we played. I go, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> I did always enjoy doing that, being a PE teacher. Yeah, yeah. And then what about how you go about organising your termly and yearly program? Like with what sports you're mentioning, like you're doing tennis at the moment and like fundamental motor skills to be taught. Like how do you go around like structuring your program? Well, I teach with a fantastic guy, John Doherty, and um, he has basically the prep through to year four. Well, actually, I've got year four this year and he's got year five. And then I've, I've only actually taught the year sixes for the last so many years and then I've gone down and taught a bit of year four and year five, except for the first year years, years which was prep. prep. 
please help me. (laughs) And he's fantastic to work with. With the threes to sixes anyway, we model it on, you know, there's swimming. I personally think swimming is one of the most important things that you can do. We live in Australia, Mm -hmm. for heaven's sakes. So we need to go to the pool. So we take them to the pool for the first couple, two, three, four weeks, whatever it is. And we have a swimming carnival. And so we like to make sure that we've got the kids placed in an event where they're going to be safe and that they can do it. So we focus on that. We also do our swimming program later in the year at Paul Sadler as well. So swimming for me is number one. Yeah, critical. Yep. Couldn't agree more. Yep. And then the second one I really focus on that we still do is gymnastics because that just affects every single thing that you do. So they're the two that I'm really won't give way on when they want to push me to, you know, drop a little bit of a change up. No, no, that we have to do them. (laughs) And then we basically we go from, say, swimming and then we do athletics because our athletics carnival with our um, district here in Bendigo is in term one. And then we move on to cross country. So they're all individual and they're geared towards those carnivals geared but not geared if you you know what I mean yeah so it's still the teaching moments and everything but you know that's something that the competitive kids like to aim for and even the non-competitive kids want to have a go at those sort of things as well Hmm. Mm. and then we move off into you know it's the skills the throwing the catching the kicking so it's all your fundamental yeah and that's you know that's what we basically I'm secondary trained had to go back and teach primary and so secondary is actually altering what the kids are doing, they've already learnt some things and you're trying to adapt it, give them good feedback. Primary is actually teaching them teaching the skill them. Yeah. and it's a lot harder than yes. what you think it is. Yeah. yeah so sure I is. had to really go back and do my homework as well. So I found all of that info, all of the, you know, references from that fantastic. Mm. Yeah. So that was sort of like my Bible yeah. and what I gear things on. And then we sort of move more across into team type sports where you're building all of those um, relationships as well trying to do team building, mm. um, individual in a team sport. Like we still do stuff like orienteering and the kids love it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we get Jim um, who comes out from Bendigo orienteering and he sets up a little course for us. He's <laughs> And that the kids at the end of the session, you know, to actually get the little finger stick on it and, you know, the Bendigo and put it in the jigger. Yep. and get their time and and what they don't and they go oh can we do this next week they want to do it again yeah. hmm. i remember doing that love that as well yeah. Yeah. yeah so we're still doing that and it's probably a little bit more advanced a little bit more technical on the upside of it than what we did when you were back there and then tennis you know we're still doing hand-eye coordination with tennis just oh my god you know in three weeks you can improve dramatically yeah so i still consider that really important mm. as well yeah and then single hitting double hitting and all of the other things we just implement into the program and then we try and make sure we cover everything from year three to year six that we have to cover. Yeah, Yeah, wonderful. And just change it around a little bit to make sure that, I just think give them as many different experiences as you can so then they've got some idea of what that's like Mm. and then maybe later in years they can follow that through. And also that opportunity when you're saying giving them those experiences to maybe find maybe a sport that connects to one of those fundamental motor skills that they exactly. really then enjoy and really love that then they can go and maybe play that on a weekend or exactly. do training and all that yeah. kind of thing. And a guy, Gino, from Lacrosse, Bendigo, comes out and does a little bit of lacrosse with us. And, yeah, the kids love it. Mm. But, and it's really interesting. Often it's the kids that aren't necessarily good at those other sports do really well at lacrosse. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And he runs a little little tournament, little game thing on Tuesday afternoon in Term 4 and in Term 1. And uh, he gets quite a few kids from around all the different schools in Bendigo. Yep. Yeah. Come and have a go and 
and try it. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Fun game. Yeah, no, it is a good game. Yeah. I, I enjoy that. I remember yeah. doing that with when I was in PE with the grade five sixes and they just loved it. And yeah. that was always like, oh, can we do the another week of this? I'm like, oh, I'd love to, but I've yeah. got to try and fit some other things right. in. And Jam that's the curriculum. issue, isn't yeah. it? Trying to get everything covered. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And have you got any great programs or resources that have assisted you in implementing your PE program? I know it's a bit of a hard one, that one, but have yeah. you got anything there? Look, not, not really. It's just that PE is pretty straightforward, pretty basic, but it's about trying to do stuff that the kids are interested in. So I use the fundamental thing. I talk to teachers, you know, and because we've got quite a big visit, we're often talking mm. about uh, what are you doing here? What's What have you been doing later, you know? And JJ, as we call him, John Doherty, um, he's very good like that. He He loves, you know, making up his own games and implementing things and the kids love JJ. Yep. And then they get grumpy old me. <laughs> Don't be silly. <laughs> <laughs> no, they do. He's very good with them. And then the internet now. Yeah. I mean, seriously, in the last so many years, you can just hop on that and there's just so much so much you, stuff. So much stuff yeah. that you can look at. And I use different bits and pieces and stuff. And but basically it comes back to what can we do to yeah. make this a bit of fun for the kids? Absolutely. I remember using mm. that fundamental motor book and yeah. had all those games in there. That was literally like my Bible. It's the Bible. Uh, when, I was, yeah. when I was teaching PE for that six yeah. years, I'd always come yeah. back to that all the time. Yeah. And, and then you just branch off that yeah. a little bit. And I yeah. always then modify some of my games based on that, as we are talking about before, like you just change it to suit you or suit the class or the, suit the students you've got. That's um, right. Yeah, that, that was my yeah. PE Bible. Yeah. Uh, so when the yeah. PE teacher took over from me, I said, this is the Bible, this is, this is yours, you need to be and, using this, and he loves it as well. You, and you can be accused um, by other staff of saying, oh, you only play games in PE. You know, some staff still just think yes. that that's all you do. Yeah. Little do they know. I'd love for them to come down and spend a week, you know, teaching Absolutely. PE and see all the other things that we cover. Absolutely. Um, in PE. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. There's so many elements that then transfer into the classroom yeah. for, and like I've had both experiences and yeah. I think it's been good to see both experiences as well for me being that a lot of things that you do in PE transfer just as much into the classroom with being able to like to work together, team yeah. building, team building. Um, operating conf together. Conflict. Com yeah. Oh, yeah, having confidence, um, yeah. conflict as well, absolutely. Yeah. And then actually then applying a lot of your yeah. fundamental motor skills and your fine motor skills and your gross motor skills into every activity you do in class, exactly uh, PE is a super yeah. important program. It just covers all of that, doesn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So important. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So now I've, I've got to see both sides and I can <laughs> see the, the importance. And I think if you can teach PE well, like that's really assisted me going into the classroom as well, being being able mm. to mm. teach PE as well. It's really helped me transfer back into the and the kids well. And the kids are outside or in a gym, you know, and they're not sitting at a desk. Mm. And so you've got to allow them the freedom because that's what I like about yeah. it is the freedom to be able to move around yeah. and still, you know, have concern and consideration for others within their group yeah mm. absolutely yeah and then i guess we've been talking about yeah. this is it challenging to implement your programs when you only get to see the kids maybe once a week or twice a week well you know it's, i've always had that i've never had it like with the preps ones and twos with jj he sees them three times a week yeah whereas once i stopped teaching prep <laughs> i didn't have to do that anymore so i've really only ever had them for, yeah, so you're just used to it. Yeah, I'm yeah. just. I think I'm just used to it. Yeah, and with a lot of the classroom teachers, like you'll have your specialist PE lesson for the week, and then they will take the kids out and do something else as well, and that's one of the motor skills, whatever that they're doing at the time. Mm. 
But because that's always been part of my teaching, I've never looked at it like that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If I with some things, if I can block it as much, say with the tennis, starting off in that first session in tennis, if I've done some pickleball bat tennis beforehand to prepare with hand-eye coordination, and then I can get to the tennis. For some kids, that first session is really, really difficult. You would be surprised by the time we do the third session, and we do a bit of badminton as well. Mm-hmm. And if we can do three weeks, and by the time you get to that third session, you're amazed mm-hmm. at how much the kids can actually improve. Yes, yeah, yeah and how much they've progressed. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So as long as I'm getting that out of it, then I feel I feel pretty good. Yeah, a bit of smart strategy and where you're implementing things and what you're doing as you well. You've got to, yeah, position it in the right place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We've been talking about this and <laughs> I think one of your greatest strengths has been building relationships and I feel like I was so lucky to have you as a teacher before because you really oh. built a relationship with me and made me feel really important. And I think you you did that with every student. I, I witnessed that mm. as a student and then also when I was doing teaching rounds with you as well. Mm-hmm. How do you go about building some really great relationships with students? I just think it comes naturally. Yeah. Yeah. I had, as I said earlier, I had teachers that that I really admired for those skills and had those abilities. And I think that's just me. Mm. I'm a reasonably good listener. Yep. <laughs> and I'm interested in people. I like talking to people. Like I like getting to know them. Because I've, I think also because when I was younger, I've been to so many different schools that when I went to a new school, you, you go in there and you've got to stand up on your own two feet. Yep. No one's going to take your hand. And so you have to go out and you have to make yourself known to other people. Mm-hmm. So I've spent a whole lifetime doing that. I went to five or six different schools. I've taught at five or six different schools. I've lived in so many towns, like Bendigo's the longest this last yep. year, like 22 years. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> that's a bit of a mind blower for us because most other times it's been, say, four or five years. Yep. And then we've then I've moved on. Mm. So I've had to reassess each time I go somewhere and get to know people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as I said, you do an amazing job. Yeah. And as I said, I felt very privileged and lucky to have had you as a teacher. And yeah. I feel like I've used that to inspire me and model That's... my teaching on how you went about uh, yeah. teaching PE. I've kind of tried to model myself on how you approach PE. And I oh, think the importance kind. of yeah, building relationships and, and showing an interest and, and the importance, as you've said, about yeah. listening yeah. is so important. And just yeah. how much the kids appreciate that and how yeah. much it means to them. And for, so, and for so many kids, P is actually really important because for some of them that don't do it at home, that might be their, their only opportunity for the week to actually go out yeah. of their body. Yeah. Um, or, you know, they might not have their medication at quite the right time and they need to get out and they need to run around. Yeah. And and lots of in, they can be in the classroom for however long. And sometimes you find okay they get they get in the pee and they're real. Uh, yeah. But you've got to give them that opportunity to get rid of all that aggro stress. Yeah. And I guess for me as well, like I wasn't like academically amazing. I think that was my time to shine a little yeah. bit as well. And yeah. I know how much you pump that up and yeah. gave those positive comments and that. And like, oh. and you probably don't know how much that means to me, but that did mean a lot to me at the time. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because yeah. I would not have picked that. Yeah. You know, I just thought, oh, you're a good kid. You're really, <laughs> really enjoying this. This is fun. Yeah. yeah. No, so yeah. no. Thank you okay. for the way you went about your teaching and how much you made me feel so important and like mm. felt like your number one student when you did that with every student you had. So mm. um, thank you for that. My pleasure. <laughs> I'm actually really glad that you did have that experience, yeah, because I would not have rated myself to be as important in that development as yeah. what you're saying now. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's really nice. Yeah, yeah beautiful. Yeah, I appreciate that.
Hmm. Love it. And if a teacher asks you how could they improve their <laughs> PE teaching, what would you tell them? <laughs> I know you had me as a student teacher, had words of wisdom all the time. Oh, like, I? Yeah, no, you're always fantastic. And I was I've been very lucky. So if someone said some key things to maybe improve their teaching in PE, what would you maybe say? Well, my as I, I just keep harping on about this, but I, it's just about participation and enjoying mm. it. Yeah. And, and to me, that's what it comes down to. You've got to be able to control the class in the sense that you've got to try and work out, okay, you know, that's a safety issue, you know, position yourself. Everyone knows all of those things. It's a PE teacher. But it's it's being aware of when an activity needs to be changed. Yes. Don't let it go on for too long. Or if it's becoming a little bit dangerous, move it along a little mm-hmm. bit. Or a little bit of aggro is happening. There's been a number of occasions where, like, oh, I can see what's going on over there, but I just can't get there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just things like that as just watching, looking, making sure that you're aware, knowing your kids, mm. knowing, you know, who who works well with who, who doesn't, you know, their issues, if they've got any illnesses, if they've got any, you know, other things that come into it. Yeah anger issues you know we have a couple of kids with all these anger issues and I've just got to make sure that where I position them in the classroom yeah I don't know it's just knowing your kids yeah a million decisions you have to make yeah and and your whole lesson's just going boom 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 in your head the whole time everyone else is thinking oh we're just playing games yeah (laughs) but you're doing more than that as most teachers would know and PE teachers in particular yeah you're just trying to be one step ahead of the kids Mm. and trying to keep them involved and engaged in what they're doing yeah and if you're doing that then you're doing a damn doing good, a good job. job. Yeah. Yeah. Probably and everyone you. and everyone does that differently. Yeah. We don't all teach the same. When I came back to Girton in this second stint that I've had, and I came into the secondary and all of the teachers in there, all guys. Okay. So I was the only female. Mm-hmm. So not that that's where it meant, but the kids treated me differently mm. in the sense that because I didn't have this big booming voice. For a reasonably tall person, I have a soft voice. So I have to use other means getting my you know, message across. And that is in the eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And my kids said I've got really scary eyes and really soft voices, my own children. Yeah. Yeah. We're scared of you, Mum. <laughs> and so I didn't have to yell. Yeah. And so occasionally every now and then if you do raise your voice, the kids are sort of like, mm. oh, what's going on here? Yeah. Yep. Something's a little bit different. So find your own style. Yeah. As a new teacher. Find what works for you. Find what engages the kids think of all different things to modify change the names of stuff yep. um if if they're sort of a little bit oh, uh, and just keep just try and keep them interested mm. Mm. no great advice i remember one of your other one was always your whistle's your best friend oh yes. so yeah so make sure you always have oh, a whistle I'm, I'm old school yeah yeah and because i've got a really quite a soft voice i had to have the whistle yeah absolutely yeah and if i'm outside i'd make them all run over to me <laughs> so then I give them what I wanted them to do, and then off you go again. Yep. All right, double the running. <laughs> yep. Smart yeah, smart thinking. Yeah, yeah. Because I just didn't have one of those big booming voices, and so you know that the blokes had, they could just stand on the oval and just yell out, you know. And so I had to develop other methods yeah. of getting the kids to respond to me. Yeah, and that took twelve months, eighteen yep. months before the kids are starting to recognise, oh, she's not like the bloke. She works differently to them. Yeah. Yeah. And then they were fine. Yeah. Yeah, They warmed to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Fantastic advice. Great job there. And then what would be one teaching resource you couldn't live without? Oh, I I don't know if I have a... Don't have one? I don't really have one. That's okay. You don't have to have one? No. It's... 
Yeah, this last stint going teaching in junior school, it was the fundamental. Yeah, you know that was the Bible. The Bible. We just looked at that, made sure that we were all on song with it. Tick off where we introduce it, work our way through mastering when the expectations and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So no, I don't really have. I, I just sort of go along and I look at other stuff. Always went to the ACHPA conferences yes. for years yep. and found those very valuable. Mm-hmm. I haven't been since COVID. And then trying to do any PDs that were possible yeah. for me to do and always just trying to look at different stuff to introduce into your, you know, into your lessons. Yeah. Because yeah. you're teaching the same things but you can do it in different, different ways. ways. Yeah. I mean, I've been teaching, what, 40-something years you know, to still be out there teaching and to still be enjoying it. Obviously, I'm doing something right. Yeah, mm. no, you're doing an amazing job. Mm. And then before we finish, are you happy to play a game? I'm sure a PE teacher <laughs> is happy to play Absolutely. a game. Absolutely. Well, love it. This yeah. one is called Todd's Stock Exchange. Ooh. So how it works is you can either buy it. So I'm going to say something and you can either buy it. means you get around it, hold it, you're a little bit unsure of it, or sell it. You don't rate it at all. Get rid of it. Okay. okay. So it makes sense? Yeah, yeah. Okay, awesome. The first one is a staff meeting. Buy, hold, sell. Sell. And you can elaborate if you want to or oh, you can just leave it as that. Do you really want me to elaborate on that? <laughs> um, if, it's a, if it's just a staff meeting for a staff meeting, eh, but I, I like to get things decided on yep. and have a good discussion. Yep, like it. What about yard duty? Buy, hold, sell? Uh, sell. Don't like that either? No. No, fair enough. Oh, in between. Yeah. Sorry, I jumped in really quickly then. It's good to go around like I do a morning duty most time and it's really good because the kids are all running up and chatting to you. It's yep. another opportunity mm-hmm. to get to talk with the kids and that. But over in America, a lot of the yard duties now are being done by people that they bring in from outside of school. So mm. the teachers are not actually doing mm. the yard duties. It's a good idea, isn't it? Well, in that sense, it gives mm. the teachers a bit of a break. a break. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you need a break. Yeah. What about a chisel tip whiteboard marker? Buy, hold, sell? I don't use them. You don't use them? Oh, no. Well, I guess you're selling it then. Yeah. Oh, look, I, they're, they're there for me to use and I use them occasionally, but it's not a regular part of it's, my... It's bullet chisel tip doesn't matter to you. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. What about professional learning? Buy, hold, sell? Oh, no, I'll buy that. Yeah. Mm. Excellent. Yeah, no, it's great. What about the PE staff room? Buy, hold, sell? Oh, definitely buy. Love the PE staff room. I've never worked in a bad one. Yeah, no, it's always a good environment, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, things get broken sometimes, but yep. hey, that's part of the fun. That's right. <laughs> what about a tin tuna in the staff room? Huh? The <laughs> I had tin tuna today oh. for lunch, and I only did that because uh, one of the other girls, she has tin tuna all the time. And then I have to take my tin out. And wash it and put it because some of the others are just not happy. No, because sometimes I don't eat it in there. But when I've got nothing else in the fridge uh, to take for lunch and I've just got leftover veggies, I take my tin of tuna and I chuck it on the veggies yep. and that's my lunch. Yep. <laughs> so I will. You're buying it. But yeah. not, this other not stuff not aren't. No. Love it. Uh, what about hoarding coffee cups in like the PE staff room and uh, then like bringing back to the staff room on like a Friday? Buy, hold, sell? Uh, no, sell. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no good. I've got one key cup, that's it. Yeah, like it. Yeah. And PE teaching, buy, hold, sell? Oh, absolutely. Hang on to, yeah, most important job in the world. Yeah, love it. So yeah. big buy there. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well done, Carmel. I'll give you the win for that one. I wasn't uh, loving your uh, chisel tip one, but that's fine. <laughs> I'm more than happy to accept all your others. So I'll give you the win for that. So well done there. Thank you. <laughs> And that is actually the end of the podcast, Carmel. So I just want to say thank you so much for coming on today. I loved having a chat with you. As I've discussed on my previous podcast, you're like one of my teacher 
idols and I really inspired to be like you. So it's actually been a bit of a tick off moment to be able to get you onto the podcast today. So mm. thank you so much for saying yes. And I loved hearing about your teaching journey yeah. and I love everything you've been able to do. And as I said, me going into being a PE teacher was based on you. That's thank why you. I wanted to be a PE teacher because I wanted wow. to be just like you. So thank you so much for coming onto the podcast, sharing your journey and the amazing job you're doing. I know how lucky every single student is to be taught by you. So thank you so much for coming onto the podcast today. That's beautiful. Thank you, Todd. Yeah, I'm so glad there's two of us in the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's excellent. Thank you. Yeah, well, all the best for the rest of the year mm -hmm. and uh, hopefully you get to catch up soon. Okay, yes. And that is the end of the 52nd episode of the Toddcast, the Teacher Podcast. It was amazing having Carmel come on today and sharing her teaching journey so far. What an amazing career she's had. And it was a bit of a highlight moment for me, as you could have guessed. Loved having Carmel come on today, my grade six PE teacher. She was such a huge inspiration for me to go down the PE teaching path. I love being in the classroom, but I also love my six years as a PE teacher as well. And I just wanted to be like Carmel. So I was very lucky to get her on the podcast today. Hopefully you got a lot out of it as well. And I cannot wait for you to join me in a couple of weeks time for the next episode of the Toddcast. See you later.